Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Roundup. Come on, gather round. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I was keeping it short and simple this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Try not you to sounded look. so unsure of that. Are we here <laughs> with Woody's Roundup, Zach? Are we? Yeah, I don't know. I would say yes. Okay. <laughs> All right, so welcome to Making a Disney Fan Podcast, where we go through all these films, try to make my buddy Brandon... That's me. Uh, yeah, th- this guy here. A Disney fan. So far, it's going rather poorly. So we're going to keep on going until this happens. Yeah. Um, it's a good so... thing there's a lot of Disney films. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep going until it happens or it doesn't. When it's kind of like, like that Chinese water torture. If you just keep hitting me with enough Disney films, maybe I'll, maybe I'll crack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that you're comparing it to torture. Yeah. <laughs> well... I'll have you know that Mythbusters proved that that is a legitimate form of torture. I did see that episode. <laughs> All right. Um, so, we're going to just say our characters. So, me and Brandon have decided that Sarah is Bullseye. Nice. Because you're really loyal and loving and just overall a sweet character. I'll take it. I'm happy with that. All right. And me and Sarah will come up with one on the spot for Brandon. Uh, a fun one that I was thinking. That's just a really small character, but I just, I don't know, it just spoke Brandon to me. And that was the Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Rock'em Sock'em <laughs> Robots? Yeah, where they're I just like, like at the toy store and they're just like. Do they have a name though? Are they no, like they don't. They're character? the Rock'em Sock'em Robots. But it's just like, <laughs> with your love of wrestling and stuff, it's just, I just feel that. And just the, the attitudes is like, oh, well, I, the direction's over here. Hey, you he was talking to me. Uh, it's just that's just one thing that just spoke Brandon so to I me. Fight people quite easily. No, it's just I don't know. At a moment's notice, I'm ready to throw down. That's yeah, I don't know. It that's, just that's felt how I right. think of you. Yeah, it's just such an obscure little one, but it just <laughs> felt like Brandon to me. I like it. I don't know. That's fun. Sarah, did you have any any better ideas on that or? Um. Because hmm, we had him question. be, he was ham last last time for. Yeah, I remember long. he was Hamden. Yes, Hamden. Yes. <laughs> That's still funny. <laughs> um, I'm just looking through my list here. I blanked on this part <laughs> that we were coming up with characters. Um, the for some reason, what's jumping out at me is the cleaner, because like he's. A collector of fine items and knows Ooh, how to take care of them. That's, you know, that's fair. Have you? You can't share. Can you see it? I got. I my, can see it. I got myself a detolf, and my wrestling collection has never looked more pretty. It is yeah. gorgeous. Put LED strip lights in there and everything. It looks. I do see it. Beautiful. <laughs> I did initially because it's a little blurry on the screen. Think that it was the Avengers. Oh. 
<laughs> Fair. But that also made sense. Fair. So. <laughs> no, just, you know, 1980s wrestling figures. Yeah. <laughs> For those that don't know what Brandon is talking about, he has a beautiful glass display case, sort of like what Woody's in in Toy Story 2, but lar- much larger. Mm-hmm. Much larger, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. I like the collector or the cleaner, I guess. The cleaner. Character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So now you two will come up with one for me. Since I, so I, I don't don't get at, get the best one possible. <laughs> well, I mean, they're all good characters. <laughs> yeah. movie. First thing that popped into my head is actually Jesse. Very high energy, good buddy. Yeah. That is yeah. that's a very good one. I mm-hmm. Jesse was the one that I like I figured I would say. Um mm. But being that you put that one out there, I just want to put out the space, like the green aliens, the little green aliens. <laughs> the LGMs? The LGMs, just because they is become be- fiercely loyal after. And is this because right. I'm a twin as well? Sure. You know, I didn't think about that. That's a very good point. You find yourself a triplet, you've completed the full package. Yeah. Um, but yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, so can you honestly hear me say, you have saved my life. I am eternally grateful. Yes. yes, actually. <laughs> oh, nuts. I just made Absolutely. myself sound like That wouldn't Hobbit. even surprise me, to be honest. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, we got our characters. I think this, this system works. Two people picking for the other. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. I liked it. Cool. All right. So, we're going to move into our memories of Toy Story 2. Uh, I'll begin with my memories. I actually remember seeing this one for the first time in theaters. Um, it was a big memory for me because the theater, the one theater in our town, had just gotten like renovated. So it was like going to a brand new theater. That's cool. And it was like a whole experience. And it was just like really cool because I think they like changed the layout and stuff for like the entrance. I just remember going up these stairs to the ticket box and going with my dad. And yeah. then I also remember for some reason that. This movie was so sold out that there was, like, no two seats together at one point for certain people. So this, my dad ended up watching this other kid because the kid couldn't sit with his dad because there wasn't enough spaces. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a memory that I have about this film. I also remember, like, the VHS coming out for it. And then also the joint VHS that came out at the same time for Buzz Lightyear and Star Command which was mm. just so cool at the same time. And yeah, it's just this is just another one of those movies that kind of stayed around for a long time, you know, VHS-wise, same standard memories, so same same as like regular Toy Story, but I actually remember going to the theater for it, so that's that's nice and different. Yeah. So yeah, those those are my memories. Um Brandon? Um you know, I remember watching Toy Story 2. I didn't see it in theaters, unlike the first one. Um, But I remember having it on VHS. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't really remember too much about it. Uh, To be honest, I never liked it as much as the first Toy Story. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's cool, I guess, with Woody meeting his friends and all that. But it's, it's not my favorite of the Toy Stories. And... I never really, yeah, I don't really remember too much about watching it, to be honest. Well, that's partly to be expected. Like, I guess, yeah. But, 
And well, it's a little different because of your original memories of the first one. There's you had a, a lot more memories of, of number one. Yeah, yeah, I do like I do like number one, and mm-hmm. I've always really like. It's not that I have anything against Toy mm-hmm. Story two, or I never mm-hmm. really had anything against Toy Story two or anything like that. Um, I don't know. Like, what comes to mind is I remember not liking the cover of the VHS because it wasn't like Buzz flying Woody like the mm-hmm. cover of Toy Story one. Now, I remember, like, when I was, like, that young, that meant something to me. I, like, I didn't like the movie because the cover wasn't the exact same, I guess. Um, <laughs> Interesting. But, like, oh, that the minds of a six year old. movie. I just, I don't think I liked the narrative of Woody being stolen. Mm. All right. So, on to Sarah for memories and Daisy's first reaction. Um, I don't have memories. We're going to have to get into much older Sarah because I, for some reason, have very poor memories of my childhood. Well, that's why I added um, Daisy's first reaction. Yeah, Daisy's first reaction, um, she loved it. Like, since we did Toy Story, we've been watching all four on repeat very <laughs> often. In sequence uh, or do you want, don't just pick and choose? Um, depends on who's in control of the tablet. Mm. If she's in control... She just grabs whatever, whatever's accessible. Usually it's Toy Story 4, just because when you open the main page of Disney+, Plus, there's like a thing that's like action adventure and Buzz's pictures there. Yeah, they, so she goes in there and Toy Story 4. They try to promote the more recent films in, on Disney+, yeah. Plus, I've, I found. Yeah. But she definitely loves it. She loves Jessie. She was Jessie for Halloween this year. Aww. So if I remember to when we get this... Uh, posted later on uh, I'll try to remember to put a picture of her in our stories as well because it was pretty stinking cute <laughs> um, but yeah she really really likes Jessie she also has a Jessie doll that uh, my niece had when she was a kid so my sister gave it to Daisy when she got into Toy Story and she carries it around everywhere with her including today she took it with her to the doctor's office and oh yeah yeah Jessie so she... would make a really awesome like girl toy yeah yeah Daisy, Daisy loves her. She loves Jessie. She is also obsessed with Paw Patrol right now, and instead of Sky for Halloween, she wanted to be Jessie. And oh. she literally wears Sky clothes every day. <laughs> that is high praise so. for a two-year-old. Yeah, exactly. So, Toy Story 2 is very popular in our house. We just watched it yesterday, and I wasn't even re-watching it for the podcast. Hmm. We just happened to also be watching it. I didn't need to rewatch it for the podcast because I've seen it so many times in the last few months. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to say you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind. Toy Story movies are great. <laughs> all right. So now that we've got our memories all all good and done, we're going to move over to Brandon with our newbie recap. All right, guys. What's up? It's your boy here talking about Toy Story 2 this time. You know, I'm a fan of the first one. Also a fan of this one. Um, but let's get into it. I'll talk about the plot a little bit, but we're going to discuss basically what I liked and what I didn't like this time around. So, um, It starts with the uh, the classic Superman intro. Did you guys notice that? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's just really funny. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, because it seems unnecessary. There's a lot of like sci-fi references in this film, to be completely honest. Yeah. Like, There's a whole Star Wars like thing that carries on the the entirety of the film like they yeah. use a lot of sound effects from star wars mm. um yeah and later in the movie they even like straight up copy it but whatever we get like a whole buzz lightyear movie i guess but it turns out to be a video game of course but it's like this video game zerg just blows 
him up. I love I love that transition where it's just like you you think you're watching something really in cool and stuff, yeah. and then all of a sudden you're like, the top half of Buzz is missing. <laughs> That's not supposed to happen. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's just Rex playing a video game. So, um, we they, uh, Amasha did Mrs. Potato Head get a voice in the first one? Yes. No. no. Oh. She did? No, not in the first one. She only showed up after Christmas. Yeah, I remember her like in like the very last scene or whatever. I wasn't sure if they got it. The voice they have for her is Estelle Harris. Uh, Mm -hmm. She is Mrs. Costanza, George Costanza's mom. Um, Absolutely perfect. Uh, There's nothing more I can say. That's great. Um, So the toys are doing toy stuff. Andy's going to cowboy camp. Uh, he is, like, they're kind of packing up. Mom gives him, like, a, like, you gotta be ready in five minutes. And he's like, five minutes? So he sets up, like, a three hours worth of toys. Yeah. Um, (laughs) and then ends up ripping Woody, and now he can't, like, take him to cowboy camp, so he gets put on a shelf, and, which is, like, the bad. There's a penguin toy with, like, a broken squeaker that's on the shelf named Wheezy, which is Mm kind of sad. Wheezy has a whole narrative through this film that's kind of weird, because... Isn't he like his voice is like who is it? It's like uh, it's it's the uh, I want to say Robert Goulet, but I don't think it no, is. No, no, it's it's the I think it's the guy that actually like the guy that who worked as Heimlich. Is it Joe Ramped? Oh, I thought it was like some sort of like so, singer. But yeah, anyway, yeah. so he's got Weezy's got this whole whole narrative. Pretty much, there's a yard sale. Andy's mom is having a yard sale after Andy goes to camp. Which, by the way, that's a dick move from the mom. To, like, send your kid to camp, then just sell all their toys. Classic but, parenting. But whatever, whatever. It's... I agree, Sarah. That is classic parenting. <laughs> you secretly <laughs> remove toys that they won't notice. But it's, Mike, yeah, a little whatever. for that. So the mom's just going to straight up sell Andy's toys behind his back. Whatever. Um, takes Wheezy from the shelf. And, of course, like, by this point... Uh, they've established like Wheezy and Woody have some sort of a relationship. So Woody's like, I need to go save this thing. He like mm-hmm. rides the dog out to into the yard sale, which like uh, brings up a point for me, I guess, throughout the whole movie. They like don't even try to be toys in this movie. <laughs> like they're straight up just like riding dogs into yard sales and like running through the streets and like the whole like concept that makes the movie like the first one so fun about like toys being alive and like humans things like it's gone because they either just like creatively find ways that there are no humans around period or they just don't care like they're just running Mm -hmm. around riding Mm -hmm. a wiener dog through a yard sale no one notices this yeah no one sees an old like 50s sheriff woody doll riding a wiener dog and think huh that's pretty freaking weird. Yeah, <laughs> that that yeah, you really do bring up a very valid point, right? <laughs> anyway, so this Woody goes on a rescue mission and falls. He falls um like off the dog who's like riding, and he's found by Al from Al's Toy Barn, played by mm-hmm. Wayne Knight, who is a perfect casting as well. Also oh, yeah. from Seinfeld, mind you, he plays Newman. Um. So, Perfect castings is just gonna keep on re- reoccurring with yeah, this it's, movie. Yeah, it's pretty pretty good casting wise. Yeah. Side um, note, um, you were right. The singing voice of Wheezy is Robert Goulet. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I was okay. I was like, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The speaking I, voice I is who, a Pixar guy. Okay. The only thing I know about Robert Goulet is Will Ferrell's impression of him. 
<laughs> That's fair. I don't know too much about Robert Goulet either. It's kind of like before my time, I think. But for some reason, I remember that he was the singer for Wheezy in this movie. So mm. let's give me some props here. Yeah, yeah. That, you, uh, knew, <laughs> you knew something that I didn't. Yeah, okay. So Al, we're back to Al from Al's, Al's Toy Barn, played by Wade Knight. He finds Woody because the way he falls or something happens and Woody's string pulls and he hears his voice there's a snake in my boot yeah so he like tries to buy woody and andy's mom's like oh, i don't know how this got out here so she puts him in like a lockbox and he leaves and then al steals woody takes him to his house woody meets his like gang of people uh which are from an old tv show that woody used to star in that got canceled after i don't know I actually know if they say how many episodes but it got canceled before the big ending could be done mm-hmm. um which, as a completionist for you, is... Is, ter- is yeah, terrible. I, I would mm-hmm. want it done, too. Um, yeah. Anyway, so while this is happening, the gang uh, decides to go on a whole rescue mission, Buzz, like, headed up by Buzz Lightyear. Uh, they find out, like, they kind of identify Al by his, like, license plate number, and they, like, they draw and him the out. commercial... Yeah, and the commercial, like, they draw him out on the Etch-A-Sketch. I love the fact that how they pinpointed him, just like, draw that man in a chicken suit! Yeah. And we find out it's, like, chicken... He's not Chicken Al, but, like, he dresses in a chicken suit for his commercials. Um, So they plan this whole, like, rescue mission to go get Woody. Um, So, but Woody's, like, happy, I guess, kind of. Like, he's learning. He's watching TV, like, Jesse and them are showing... Oh, yeah, he meets Jesse, Bullseye, and Stinky Pete. They're, like, other characters in the show that he's in. He kind of learns all about himself, which is interesting because Buzz knows about himself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, like, even when they switch him out of toy mode or whatever in the first one, he still, like, understands what the Buzz Lightyear stuff is. Uh, I don't understand why Woody has no idea what his show was or about or who he is as a toy mm-hmm. yeah because he remembers being around for years and years like he sees that record player and he's like oh record player like i haven't seen one of these in years signaling that he has been around for decades because his show is in like the 50s mm-hmm. well and he says to in toy story 4 to gabby gabby he's like yeah i'm from the 50s yeah 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 i don't get that um mm. Oh, yeah, Woody gets his arm ripped off. Um, mm-hmm. I think he does that playing with his, like, like Jesse in them, if I remember right. Um, something happens, and he rips off his arm. I think he's trying to, like, escape or something, and his string gets caught. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember what happened or why, but, like, he gets his arm ripped off, which is, like, i guess for a toy probably traumatizing yeah and also just like from a collector's point of view um why does why would this museum want a re-stitched woody well i feel like the cleaner does such a good job you don't know he's re-stitched as a collector you always know yeah and like like i got some figures in here like it's like if they were a repaint, like if someone were to like paint up a, like a paint chip on the back, even if it's small, the value is like super, super far down. Mm-hmm. So maybe like, Al is he just over not his boot smart too. enough to know. Oh, I guess yeah, because yeah, he like he paints over the Andy and everything. Like mm-hmm. it just 
the museum narrative doesn't seem to make sense. They're all going to a museum, like Al's selling them to a museum in Tokyo. It just doesn't seem to make sense to me, A, because Stinky Pete is, like... In the box. Mint in box, which is, which is cool, but none of the other ones are. So why is this museum spending... Um, he says it's like 50 grand or something and then asks them to add a zero. So basically this museum is spending hundreds of dollars on a mixed in like one in box three not in box one damaged and retouched figure mm-hmm. like I, just, I guess it's just as a collector i don't understand the narrative of it all um not that it's like a bad narrative for a children's movie like it's easy to follow it just yeah it bothers me it never occurred to me <laughs> yeah like there's i just i don't i don't understand why why the museum cares so much and why he's able to sell it for that much yeah um anyway so he gets like convinced he's trying to escape and they say like might as well just wait for get fixed in the morning there's nothing you can do whatever um woody tries to like sneak to get his arm back after al falls asleep he's like falling asleep eating a bowl of cheetos his fingers are covered in cheeto dust but there's like not one cheeto missing from that bowl Maybe like, he already refilled it. Like it was a full bowl. But of if, at that point, you would already, if you were to get another one, you would probably wash your hands because it's pretty. Yeah, mm, it I is. Don't know. A He's kind of gross. Full bowl of Cheetos. But I will say there is a detail here where Bullseye starts licking his fingers, and um, nothing comes off his fingers. Obviously, because Bullseye is a toy. There's no moisture or anything to pull that off. I thought that was a really nice. Like, attention to detail moment. Ooh, high praise. High praise from <laughs> Brandon here. Yeah. Also, also Cheeto he... crap is really hard to lick off your fingers. Yeah. Yeah, true. <laughs> also, true. like, uh, animation-wise, you're looking at Al's face. It's not Sid's face anymore. Yeah, that's true. I was going to say, like, when I got to the good stuff, like, the animation for this film is miles ahead of what Toy Story 1 was. Yeah. Um, so that's that's very good. We get a moment where, like, Woody kind of says, like, I don't want to go to the museum. And Jesse kind of pulls out this, like, I can't go into storage again thing. Which, when you think of, like, when the show is, and we get, like, that depressing Jesse narrative in a little bit. Um, but, like, when you think of, like, she's probably been in storage for, like, 30 years. That's got to be traumatizing. Mm-hmm. Um, and not even, like... Like, in a box. They look like they were in foam storage. Yeah, so, So literally, like, the cutouts, you can't move. Like, it is is kind of, like, they do a good job at, at, like, establishing the, like, the the stakes, you know? Yeah. It really, it really makes you feel for them. Like, if Woody leaves, she's just going to get put in storage again. It's kind of sad, but it works. Um... But Woody's trying to get his arm back and like someone presses a button on the TV which like changes the channel or something and he wakes up so Woody doesn't get his arm back. Woody blames Jesse. It's this whole whole deal. Meanwhile, the uh, the other gang, the other toys, um, I assume they're out overnight as well because mm-hmm. there was an overnight moment but yeah. whatever. So they make their way to Al's Toy Barn. Um, they try to they cross the street in some traffic cones, which I have issues with. I'll get to later. Um, <laughs> get into Al's Toy Barn through an automatic door. I have issues with. We'll get to later. Um, they do the whole buzz narrative where he finds like a million other buzzes and starts fighting another buzz. I have issues with that. We'll get to later. Um, 
Buzz gets replaced by like other Buzz. Uh, meanwhile, the other guys like get a tour from Tour Guard Barbie. Pretty cool. But this is where we learn that depressive Jer- Jesse narrative. Like mm-hmm. we go back and she kind of explains to Woody why she can't go into uh, storage because basically she had a kid and the kid abandoned her, which is depressing. But you're a toy. You figure you can get over it. Um, but it is very sad. Very yeah. sad. Hard moment to watch. Um, so fake bruz leads everybody to the apartment. Uh, Zerg, for some reason, there's a toy Zerg that gets out. Just, it happens. Um, Real Buzz kind of like follows everybody to Al's apartment. They do this whole elevator scene where it's all good. And then there's like the fake toy, like Buzz catches up with them. And they find Woody and Woody has to do that, like, which is the real Buzz moment. It's not great. Um, Woody decides he don't want to go. The crew leaves. Uh, Woody like kind of like accepts his fate for the museum, decides to go, then changes his mind. Uh, he can't leave, like, he, as he's trying to leave, Stinky Pete, like, leaves his mint in box, which, again, as a collector, you would know that box has been opened. Mm-hmm. There's no way Especially Stinky the way Pete's, he opened it. Yeah, there's no way Stinky Pete's getting out of that box without, like, losing the mint in box certification. It's not, there's no certification, but, like, whatever. So he gets out of his box, and he goes back in, and that's just how collectibles work in the Disney world, I suppose. Um, uh, he locks up the vent that they were escaping from so Woody can't leave uh, we get a whole fake buzz like the fake buzz fights Zerg and it's a whole Star Wars I'm your father moment completely unnecessary um, but follows all the Star Wars stuff Rex kills Zerg to follow up on the video game theme from earlier uh, everyone tries to like rush to the airport to save Woody uh, they drive a car here. They drive. Mm-hmm. They drive a car to the airport, which I feel mm-hmm. like you know could have solved some issues in the first one. Had like you know, um, sure. Yeah. But sure. They, they needed all the toys to drive the car. It doesn't matter. They had all the toys in the first one. Right. <laughs> anyway, um, so they can drive a car. Toys can drive a car in the Disney sure. universe. How toys can drive cars in the Disney universe is beyond me, but. I won't say. Whatever. Oh, you'll get mad at me. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, I set that up. That's my fault. <laughs> uh, anyway, so they they kill Zerg and they like they find Woody and they kind of like beat Stinky Pete. They give Stinky Pete to a little girl, which it's just kind of weird. Like it's nice you find a toy, but like how do you not notice? Like parents not notice? Where'd you get this old 1950s prospector toy from? Who cares? Uh, they chase, like, they chase the cart. Bullseye runs as fast as a plane here, by the way. Like, this is kind of the RC moment mm-hmm. from the first one. Like, almost the exact mm-hmm. same play. Mm-hmm. Um, this is why you guys made me Bullseye, because I'm as fast as a plane. Oh, absolutely. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. that's what I'm known for. I've always known that about you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Bullseye can run as fast as a plane. I just think it's important to note. Um... Woody finds Jesse on, like, the little cart thingy, the plane cart. It's all good. Everyone goes away. Uh, They go back, and Andy just comes home to new toys. I'm like, sure. No one questions it. No one questions how he got this super, this basically $500,000 collection of cowboy toys. Yeah. Um, No one one questions it. Um, There is a boner joke with Buzz and Jesse, which (laughs) I wasn't expecting, but, I mean... Sure. I always I always took issue with the fact that Jesse and Woody never got together. 
I just think they're perfect Woody's for each other. Woody's with Bo Peep. I know, but Bo Peep is so lame, and she leaves him anyway. So like, not on purpose. Why didn't he encroach encroach on Buzz's territory once that was gone? Because that's too obvious. Of course, <laughs> the cowboy and the cowgirl end up together. I guess it just if I remember it bothering me as a child, and it still kind of <laughs> bothered me today. Well, I mean, you didn't get the resolution of Toy Story four as a child, so that makes sense. That's true. I hate the resolution of Toy Story four, but we can get to that when we talk about Toy Story four next in like three years. In like three years, <laughs> yeah, it'll be forever. Um, yep. Yeah, so everything's all good. Wheezy gets a new squeaker and sings like Robert Goulet. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get possibly the best fake blooper sequence in any Pixar film. Oh yeah. Easily, oh, yeah. easily the best. They have a Bugs Life reference mm-hmm. in there, yeah. which is just freaking amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's get into things that I didn't like about this movie. First off is the Woody going to the cowboy camp. He's looking for his hat, and he can't find his hat. A, the shark probably stole it. That, yeah. that dick. <laughs> howdy, howdy, howdy. Um, <laughs> B, why, why can't he go anywhere without his hat? Like, he's he can leave it. It's just an accessory. I think he's just so uptight about the fact that he's the one that gets to go. So he needs it to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah, Woody's pretty uptight. I can accept that. Yeah. I'll accept that. Um... He rips his arm, and that arm is incredibly unreliable throughout the entire film. Sometimes yeah. he's dragging it like he can't use it, like it's paralyzed, and other times he's, like, climbing things with it. Um, that's just really annoying as you go through the entire movie. Hmm. It's just kind of like, man, make up your mind. Is your arm useless, or is your arm not useless? Yeah. Um, the, like, the idea... That a person who is searching for a Woody doll to complete his very expensive museum quality collection could hap- like just happen to be at a yard sale where a life where a living Woody doll rides a toy like rides a dog into a thing into a yard sale, falls off, pulls its string, and just everything happens to be like it is the most convenient introduction to a villain ever. I like there's no like the chances of that happening are got to be higher or like mm-hmm. than hitting like getting hit by lightning or winning the lottery. I think he was searching for it for yeah, a lot but... for a long period. He wasn't specifically looking for it at this point because the the other toys were in storage. Yeah, but so... like he's just at a random like he didn't know to come to this yard sale to look for toys. But I think his reaction was on point then. It, it was definitely on point, but it's just like it's one of those like how how incredibly convenient Mm -hmm. like he just happens to be there the like the number one collector in the world just happened to be there at the moment woody string accidentally pulled um i think it's fair to move the story along but it is just a highly Mm -hmm. convenient plot point that bothers me um also he steals a doll he like stole it immediately after talking to that mom so she would know like easily it like even if you had to guess you would know and the dude is famous and on television yeah you don't think that at any point she'd be like hey that's that dude that like stole the woody doll i would say there's a very good chance that she locked woody in that 
box and forgot that she locked Woody in that box and has completely forgotten yeah, the whole thing. Because she is a mother, and that is a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. It just seems really weird to me that, like, someone whose face is plastered all over TV would steal something from a yard sale because you're... Oh, yeah, every, on his side, it, like, stupid. Everyone knows your face. Yeah, um, it's stupid on his side for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I but know. I would say it's not a surprise that she doesn't notice. Yeah. Um. I think. I'm not. Even, I can't even say this is a bad one, but Kelsey Grammer is just like. Instantly, this dude's a villain. I don't know, oh, yeah. man. I didn't pick point pinpoint him when I was a kid as the villain. I don't know, man. He hasn't. He hasn't been Fraser in years. At that he, point he was. he's got that strong like strong voice he like he's a villain like mm-hmm. he is he's a villain and like hearing kelsey Grammer is like oh sideshow bob stinky pete's the bad guy even though i had completely forgotten about stinky pete being a bad guy mm-hmm. from like childhood as soon as i just it was like oh yeah something bad's gonna go down you got Sideshow Bob to voice your character. Of course something bad's gonna happen. So yeah, this mm-hmm. this brings me to one thing for my deep dive, and that's like his character, I think, is like the Disney debut of the twist villain. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. that's cool. Uh that's from from like, you know, where you got the red herring villain that's like, okay, this guy's the bad guy, but then you're just like, Oh wait! This guy Yeah is also bad and it's just like it's actually been it's actually kinda evil. Yeah. So that's like that they're doing this a lot more in the past, you know, decade and a half uh, of Disney movies, but I think Stinky Pete was the first twist villain yeah. that, that Disney or Pixar used. Cool. Um, yeah, so my issues with the museum buying mixed collection is well documented mm-hmm. at this point. I do not mm-hmm. do not understand that. Something I also don't understand is they, like, they watch every episode of that show. Mm-hmm. So, like, how long has, like, does, is, like, Al been at his apart like, out of his apartment on a day that the store is closed? Because hmm. we established the store is closed. And he's only going from his house to the store. So, like, and how long? And not far away. No, it's right across the street. So, like. Yeah. How long do they sit there watching TV, and how incredibly convenient is it that he doesn't come home? Big issue. That brings me to the traffic cones. How incredibly convenient that nobody questions why these things are moving. Like, no one sees a row of traffic cones crossing the street on their own and thinks to go underneath them and look and then be like, this is weird. This is just a toy, but it was moving on its own. Like, no one... that. No one decides to question that. Or run it over. Or run it over. They go around the cones, which is ridiculous in the first place. Yeah. But, like, I, nobody questions it. Like, a lot of the plot points of this movie are based on just extreme convenience. Um, which is interesting. Uh, when, when Al is sleeping and he wakes up, he is like his dream or whatever. He come wakes up being like, "No, officer, I swear, I do not want to know what was on the other end of that dream." <laughs> I just want to point that out. There, nothing good is on the other end of that dream. When they get to the store, there's this whole bit with the automatic door where they like 
they jump to open it and it's funny because you're like haha yeah you got to trigger these things it's hilarious why is the automatic door on on a day where the store is closed I knew that's what you were going to say when you said you had an issue with the automatic door. Yeah, why? Why? This store is closed. No store just leaves their automatic door running open on a closed day. No, they do not. So, like, I mean, I was was an idiot, but, like, that much of an idiot? Hmm. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's that's my issue with the automatic door is, like, Mm -hmm. I don't understand why it's running And if it is on, somebody's watching that door. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why it's running in the first place. Also, there's no cameras in this store. No one thinks to look at the cameras and be like, holy sh**, toys are alive. <laughs> like, they literally, there's a they, pool just, party. they walk into the store and then they like, they talk for a bit and then they fan out amongst the aisles. They get tour guide Barbie to hit up a car that mysteriously runs despite being made out of complete plastic. And they, like, drive around the aisles of the store like it's, like, Ferris Bueller's day off. And, like, no one looks at the cameras and goes, whoa, toys are a lot different than we think they are. Um, Extreme convenience. That's kind of where I'm coming to. And that might be where I come to for, like, a lot, like, the rest of the Toy Story movies. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but, like... Maybe not as much. The, The fourth one is a little less... Yeah, that because of the the locations, but yeah, uh, the third, maybe third one is specifically yeah. Um, the Barbies are finally in the movie. Mm-hmm. That's that's with Jody Benson. That's something they finally they finally get Barbies in the movie. No Kens. Um, I don't understand that. Barbies and Kens are in the same aisle. Why are they not partying together? Is Girls that only party? only girls party yeah why not (laughs) sure yeah um i also okay i want to discuss his method of selling these figures my man takes polaroid pictures and then faxes them to his seller in japan who does this who sells things this way even in the 90s this isn't how you sell things like, what kind of system does this guy have for selling toys where he's taking Polaroids and faxing Polaroids? And honestly, I didn't even know you could fax Polaroids. I didn't think you could fax pictures like that. Yeah, you probably he, can. But he does it. Um, and no one questions this, like, method of sales. It, uh, yeah. Um depressing jesse narrative was too depressing it stood out from the movie um it's beautiful it's very sad very beautiful very sad but it does like it did take me out of the movie for a little bit i did have like i just needed to like think about things for a bit it took me out of it it's not a bad scene i have it in my bad list just because i do think it's like it's really heavy-handed uh and tonally it's it's a it's a big tonal shift oh it's a huge tonal shift like it just comes out of nowhere in the movie It, it fits it's just like you're having a lot of fun and then it's like someone just comes out and slaps you in the face with this really sad story yeah um but yeah it's not necessarily bad it's just super depressive I think they could have lost the Zerg narrative. I think yeah, it doesn't do much. I think yeah, I think you cut Zerg out of this movie completely. Even the video game intro. I feel like Zerg is only in this movie to have that video game intro justified. Mm. 
Like, yeah. I don't... He makes this... And what is? What is the Star Wars parody? Are we are we believing that Zerg is, like, actually Buzz Lightyear's dad in these... I think, like, they play a catch after, but, like, is that just this Zerg and that Buzz Lightyear? Or is that how it is in, like, the Buzz Lightyear universe? Not did Lightyear in... have Zerg? Uh, yes. Oh. Yes, Lightyear did have Zerg. Interesting. Um, that's a completely different version. It's not definitely not his father. Uh, and <laughs> the animated series had Zerg as well okay. as the bi- as the big bad in in that in the uh, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command animated series, hmm. which amazing show. Yeah, not on Disney Plus. Okay, pisses me off. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't I don't understand the whole Star Wars thing. I I it just. It makes no sense, and it just seems like a time filler to me. Um, quick, quick gags. Yeah. Another thing I want to talk about is how we had to completely rehash the whole Buzz narrative from the first movie. Um, I know, like, they replace him with a new Buzz, but it's legitimately just, like, so they can hit us with the same jokes and same situations over and over again. Yeah. Like, I don't see any reason for buzz to have to go through all of this again or why we had to sit through all of these jokes well Um, and it happens in toy story 3 too when they reset him oh yeah spanish mode that's annoying but yeah it is it's just a complete rehash of his whole first like storyline yeah i mean like i know buzz and woody like in this movie they kind of like flip their positions from the first movie yeah but like I don't know. I really don't think we needed that Buzz Lightyear stuff. It was just, it was just distracting, and there's no point. It was derivative of its first movie. Is something derivative if it's derivative of itself? Well, it can't win an Academy Award for Best Original f- Picture if it's if it's a sequel. True. Do they have they don't, screenplay? I was gonna say they don't have an award for best original picture, but best original uh, screenplay. screenplay is what yeah, I was meaning yeah. So like the third one was nominated for best original screenplay, yeah, or, not for best adapted screenplay because it, it was adapted from the original from yeah. the original. So it's hmm. so it technically is derivative of itself in that hmm. in that regard. Okay, yeah, I'll take it. Um, it's just another moment of extreme convenience, but, like, Stinky Pete uses his, like, thing to cut Woody's arm. Just enough. The, exa- yeah. the exact same amount it was when he got taken, like, from Andy, so nothing's different. Yeah. And, and what just, toy is sharp enough to do that? Yeah, that's another thing. Not only does his pickaxe cut, uh, like, cut Woody's thing, it's also strong enough to, like, tighten the bolt on the thing. Uh, whatever. I Maybe don't 50s toys? Yeah. I guess. Um, Poke someone's eye out. You'll shoot your eye out. Yeah. My other thing here is Wheezy gets a new squeaker at the end, correct? Yeah. Nobody buys their kid just a squeaker, correct? Ugh, no. What toy did they murder to give Wheezy his new squeaker? <laughs> oh, he just found one in the back or something. He says, no. You don't just find a random squeaker. All of these toys are alive, and that squeaker belonged to someone. So, Robert Goulet is a murderer. I'm just saying it. 
that's how it works he sure. i hope he doesn't ever actually hear that he's gonna sue me or something but uh, uh if he listens to our podcast we have enough money to handle it yeah i will that would mean we're very big <laughs> that's true if if he comes at me i will frame i'll frame the lawsuit like the papers i get served just to be <laughs> like you know what robert goulet came at me and it's impressive <laughs> yeah um okay so let's really quickly run down some things that i like so i can get out of your hair boom way better animation easy yeah. way better miles better like mm. i know we were a lot better in bugs life but like this time we have humans that are actually look like humans yeah the beard the facial hair like the redness around like nostrils and stuff yeah, not like, even beard you got stubble yeah like it was yeah. really really good uh casting we talked about that estelle harris way knight perfect for me we didn't discuss um, uh, Robert Goulet. No, no, no. Oh, I feel like we put a lot <laughs> into Robert Goulet at this point. <laughs> Cusack. Cusack. Oh, I, that's my next. That's that's because it's my next point. Jessie is adorable, and I'm not sure if she keeps this throughout like the other two movies because I don't remember them that well. But like Jessie was my favorite character of this movie. Um, I mean, could just be because we get more of an emotional connection with her or whatever. But like. Her personality, her character made her like my favorite. She's adorable in this movie, and that's probably why I wanted her to end up with Woody. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, and Joan Cusack again, perfect. Like, yeah, she perfect. was rootin' tootin'. Yeah. There is a moment where Ham trips and all of his money comes out, and he's like, "Can nobody look at me until like I get my cork back in?" I just want to mention it because I laughed really hard. I think it's a hilarious show. <laughs> um, although. It does make me question, what is that hole to him then if he's, like, hiding it? Is that, like, a private part? Just gonna put it out there. I know. Just gotta put it out there. Good joke, though. Um, I put the Star Wars uh, on my good list, but the more I talked through it, I realized it was actually kind of just, like, unnecessary, so I'm gonna leave that on my bad list. Okay. Um, there's a moment when they're driving around with tour guide barbie and they're in the car rex falls out and starts chasing them and we get a remake of a jurassic park shot which is incredible it's perfect mm. with rex being the t-rex yeah um yeah pizza planet truck makes a cameo that is actually the car that they drive when they drive a car mm -hmm. gotta love the pizza planet truck uh i love the outtakes and the bugs life cameo we discussed that a little bit as well and finally, because it's a Toy Story film, I'm going to end on my favorite thing, the Little Green Men. They're in this movie. That's good enough for me. They don't even need to do much. They're just there. You saved my life. I like them. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Brandon, for that newbie recap. I'm glad you found a lot of things to talk about. <laughs> all right. So now moving on to me with my deep dive. Um, I'm going to go on and just talk a bit more about Jessie. So, okay. um, her character definitely improves upon the Toy Story franchise in regards, in regards to feminism. There's mm -hmm. like f far better ca female character. She is front and center for the plot and her motivations are not, you know, romance based and what in any way no and yeah she's just such a great character uh but thing i want to point out about her song is that if you actually listen to it just by the words 
it can also it can be considered like a lesbian love ballad. Oh, I didn't listen to the words. I guess like <laughs> when she loved me and just like I don't know. It's just part you can hear some of the wor- the words and like the way the lyrics play out is just like you can think of it as somebody as a as a lady talking about her long lost love and like yeah. Is the song written like that though, or is that just? I don't think that's the intention, but it can be viewed viewed in that way. Yeah. So that makes it for a very interesting uh, take on that on that song. Um, I was going to talk about the twist villain, which is Kelsey Grammer. Like, I don't. I didn't see him coming out as the twist villain when I was younger. I'm not okay. sure if I did when I was younger, but mm-hmm. like I had forgotten about right. him this time around. So when I did start watching, like mm-hmm. I knew, I knew something was gonna be up. But he was Frasier at this point because this was '99. Yeah, yeah, he would still he is still Frasier at this point. Yeah, but he was also Sideshow Silent Bob. Bob or Sideshow Bob, not Silent Bob. That's not a Silent completely Bob. different character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Frasier as Silent Bob would be something I'd pay to see though. He can't be silent too. Frasier can't be. It would make he's it too, ironically he's too funny. Eri- he's too erudite. <laughs> but the big thing I want to talk about is like the, the like concept of like mortality in this film. That's like the big overarching theme, I, I guess, is like what does your mortality and like the inevitability of like of your demise and like the like your journey. I guess like Woody's journey, especially like he sees himself sort of getting older. He can be broken apart and like, but then he has this opportunity to go to like the museum and essentially be immortal. Hmm. But then, but then this also goes to the, like, what is the, what is the cost of immortality? Right. Yeah. So, I have a question around that mm-hmm. that I just thought of. So he's like thinking about mortality in a way because he knows Andy's getting older and won't mm-hmm. want to play with him forever. But he's from the fifties. Yeah, he's been through. How many kids. kids has he been through? At this point, it seems as if he's only he acts as if Andy's been his own. Andy's been his only kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like he knows there's life outside of a kid. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting. Yeah, yeah. and it is, but it's also like, you know, and what did he do before Andy? Yeah. Like it's a big question mark. Like did he, did he like never have a kid before then? Was he like was he in a museum or collection or mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. They need to make a prequel now. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, like they did for Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's just like really interesting to think of like the the costs of immortality cuz then you just like nobody ever touches you or you can't move ever cuz like you, everybody's just there to look at you yeah mm-hmm. not play with you it's just like so what is the cost it's like what would you do if you uh were given the chance to live forever but you could only stay in in one box for the rest of your existence and and not interact with people outside of it it just becomes net of museum toy story yeah (laughs) yeah um so yeah it's just like interesting to think about like the yeah it's it's an interesting thought like 
Like, I'm not sure if these toys ever actually really deal with the idea of their demise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, there's well, a little Prospector bit... seems to think about it. Yeah, but there was, like... Children a... destroy toys! Yeah, there was, like, a little bit of it when, um... Like, we got to Sid's house in the first one. Yeah. Like, they were mm-hmm. worried about dying. But then, like, we also realized that once he made a new toy, they came back to life. Sentience was a big problem in the first one. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's yeah. still one in this one. It's just not as annoying of a problem, but... Yeah. Um, oh, and interesting uh, th- theory that has come up across the board with when it, in regards to this movie is people believe that Andy's mom. Oh, I've heard this. Yeah, was Jesse's original owner, mm. which would make sense because he has Jesse's hat. Yeah, and that and sh- in the flashback it shows that she had that hat. Yeah, and believe me. A fun little girl cowboy hat is of decent quality is probably something that that she would likely hold on to or her parents would hold on to long enough for her to actually want it back when she got older. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, definitely and, a pretty solid theory. And if she had... You explain why she got Andy a, a, a Woody, Woody doll. Yeah, a Woody doll. Yeah. So, because of her childhood experience with, with Jesse. It also might explain why she wouldn't question getting the new toys randomly. It's just like... Or not, not well, not I don't not question there's... it, more accept it. Just uh, be like, I don't, I don't think there's a reason. Yeah, that should just be shocking, regardless of because <laughs> who put them there? If the toys yeah. aren't alive, what human being came into their house and decorated her son's bedroom with brand new toys? And and even said, sat, had the thing saying "Welcome home, Andy." Yeah, yeah, they made the etch get beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is stalker yeah. behavior. <laughs> oh yeah if that happened to daisy i would move yeah <laughs> like <laughs> yeah but everyone just accepts it it's like oh okay he got three new dolls and a good etch-a-sketch portrait like yeah so yeah that's i not as long of a uh, as much of a deep dive for me this this time i didn't not think massive theme themes and stuff like that i really want to explore this time yeah it's, to be honest like this movie it's it's, it's fun mm-hmm. but it's not very deep yeah and in the moments where it tries to be deep like the buzz lightyear stuff it's just a retread of old stuff mm-hmm. like the the biggest thing about it is jesse that yeah that yeah. is that is the deepest part yeah of it. pretty much it's like the one moment where they really tried to go for like emotion and connection yeah and it always makes like top 10 lists of like saddest disney moment or saddest pixar slash disney moments oh just like jesse's yeah. backstory it's yeah like, it's it's definitely sad yeah mm-hmm. yeah as far as like themes and stuff go like i don't really think it's that deep of a film i just think it's a really fun film yeah i definitely in, in regards to toy story it's below the the two around it uh i don't know about where i would place it against number four but mm. it's definitely beneath number one and three Four is my like the lowest of my of my yeah. Toy Story movies. Mm. Like I, I I don't. I mean, it's a good it's a good watch quality film. I don't like it. Yeah, I think the direction that they took it was horrible, stupid. But yeah, I'll accept it. <laughs> <laughs> I love Toy Story Four. I love all of them though. I don't get it why we had three movies of, like, we gotta save the group, we gotta save the group, and then all of a sudden Woody, Woody's just like, yeah, you know what? I like this carnival. Screw you guys. 
It's not about the carnival. It's about the girl. <laughs> All right. Like, sure. But, like, Woody, <laughs> literally, after all we've been through, Woody is willing to leave his family to go chase some tail. I think for Woody, it's more about the kid than it is about the family. And Bonnie didn't and he, want to need him. Yeah. I guess, but, like... We can get into this when we yeah. get to Toy Story 4. Yeah, 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 that's but fair. But the thing yeah. I also want to point out with that one is that Toy Story had some, like, TV specials before, like in between three and four, and the TV specials were amazing. Mm. Interesting. I don't know if you've ever watched them, but if Daisy hasn't seen these things, put them on because they're amazing. Are you you're talking like the shorts that are on Pixar, like Toy Story of Terror? Yeah, and, and the uh, Toy Story, the, Toy Story that Time Forgot. Yeah, we've watched all of those. I I've seen Toy Story that Time Forgot. Yeah, that one's great. Mm. Now there, there's literally one moment in in that one that actually makes me laugh almost every time <laughs> where they're like the dinosaurs are just like you're not like our females and then flashes to their females are just like ah! <laughs> yeah. it's quite hilarious anyway uh that is my deep dive so on to sarah for fun facts and trivia hello uh i'll just get right into it first fact that i found this was originally going to just be a direct to tv movie and it was going to be an hour long Wow. That's all they wanted, even though Toy Story was very successful. Um, but Pixar was like, nope. And so they fought for it, and they fought to make a feature length, which obviously they won. But they did struggle to find a story for it, because they figured, Woody just going back to Andy? Too predictable. And then they added Jesse, and it made it a better story. Mm-hmm. So Jesse's the reason that we got the full-length film, basically. Well, that's good. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to get into the cast like I normally do, but a couple of like little parts. The Rock'em Sock'em Robots were voiced by Lee Unkrich, who's one of the directors of the film. Yeah. Uh, and Emperor Zurg was voiced by Andrew Stanton, who's also a Pixar guy. Mm-hmm. But in the TV series, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, Wayne Knight voices Zurg. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, when Ham is flipping through the TV stations, Rapid Fire... It shows a bunch of Pixar shorts, and I watched carefully for this yesterday, and I saw a bunch of them mm. as he went through. I That's was like, cool. oh, there you go. There's a lot of Easter eggs in this movie. Um, when you watch this film in the U.S. and also in Canada, um, Buzz has his speech that he makes where an American flag comes up on the background oh, yeah. and yeah. the Star-Spangled Banner plays. Yeah. In other places, it's a globe with fireworks and a Randy Newman theme called the One World Anthem. Oh. So we miss out on a Randy Newman song. Yeah, why don't we get that? Why do we gotta get the U.S. version? Those international jerks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I guess go to another country and maybe you'll get it. Um, Or VPN a a different nation for Disney Plus and maybe you'll get it. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Um, Woody's reaction to the Woody's Roundup merch when he, like, is seeing it all for the first time and he's so amazed. That was Tom Hanks' genuine reaction to it. Because they would get him ad-libbing all the time. So they just showed him sketches of it in the recording booth and let him react to it. And that's what they used. Oh, oh there's a snake in my boot. Oh, I get it. <laughs> well, and he's like, wow, that's me. That was really him. Um, so that's kind of cool. I, when I, I, I was love watching those, re- this... those reaction things in yeah. movies where they're, they're, yeah. they literally just don't. Like, uh, like E.T. The, everybody who saw E.T. for the first time was their first take. Yeah. Yeah. 
when I was watching this with Daisy yesterday, I was listening to his voice and I was like, oh yeah, like that, that's really cool knowing that that's genuine. Hmm. Um, the whole film almost got deleted because oh, someone yeah. accidentally put an erasing code in the wrong place. And so things started rapidly disappearing and they went, oh no. And it would have been taken 30 people a whole year to rebuild the whole thing. <laughs> And they didn't have a backup because the backup system was down in the late 90s. So we almost lost the whole film. But the supervising technical director happened to be working from home because she recently had a baby and she had copies of the film at her house. So she saved the day. That's okay, so work from home saved a movie. Yeah, basically. Nice. Um, when Jesse says, sweet mother of Abraham Lincoln, it's a reference to Tom Hanks being a blood relative of Abraham Lincoln. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, it, I think it's like his mom is cousins with someone. I can't remember what the connection is now, but they're actually Okay, like, so he is in the genealogical line of that or something. It's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. Uh, after the first movie, toy stores didn't have enough merch and missed out on millions of dollars worth of sales. Mm. So this time, they decided to be more prepared and they had more merch. But they make a reference to the mistake because when tour guide Barbie is giving her tour, she goes down the Buzz Lightyear aisle and yeah. says, in 1995, short-sighted retailers did not order enough dolls to meet demand. Yeah. That was really yes. what happened. I mean, and it what, was in 1995. What moron would not stock a Buzz Lightyear? Like, Buzz Lightyear? Like they that? didn't know. Yeah, I guess they didn't think it would do like, as well as it did. I guess, like, computer animation... I, being at that stage but it's just like that it was just such a cool looking toy yeah yeah definitely with wings daisy's buzz lightyear is very cool i mean daisy's buzz lightyear also has batteries dying so he sounds terrifying right now <laughs> um but once we put the new batteries in it'll be great does your buzz lightyear have wings that come out no zach? this one literally is just for the listeners zach is holding a buzz lightyear toy right now daisy's <laughs> it's the just wings an articul- shoot out yeah i used to have it was probably like that big like it's pretty big and you could press a button on his chest and the light the wings mm-hmm. would come out yeah yeah and talks and the lights yeah yeah i laser. think it's probably the same one that daisy has yeah. right now laser button yeah the only bad thing about daisy is because we got it from a secondhand store one of the wings is a little bit um, like yeah what can broken you do? but she still loves it jesse is also an old toy and also has batteries dying so when you pull her pull string she sounds like she's underwater. So we really need to change all the batteries. But when Daisy got it, she didn't even work at all. Daisy somehow made her work again. Oh, wow. I don't know. Magic. (laughs) Magic of Disney. Um, Magic of Tom Hanks. Yeah, Magic of Tom Tom Hanks and Tim Allen, speaking of how sad Jesse's backstory is, cried when they saw it for the first time. Mm. Both of them. So I could see Tom Hanks. I couldn't see Tim Allen doing that as much. Yeah. They both did. I don't know. I, that, I, don't, I don't see Tim Allen as, a, as an emotional person. Well, apparently he is. Yeah, um, yeah, and well, that, I wouldn't know I enough can't to remember. make that call. <laughs> I can't remember oh, which... I'm just thinking Galaxy Quest. I can't remember which one of them said it, but there was a direct quote from one of them saying, like, we both cried when we watched it. Hmm. Um, Mrs. Potato Head, in the beginning of the movie, the book that she's reading is A Bug's Life. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's a cameo of Flick and Heimlich, like we talked about, in the outtakes. Yeah. And best, best cameo ever. Yeah. Heimlich is on a branch just before Buzz cuts through it, and then you can also see the bug bar 
apparently in that scene. Oh. I didn't rewatch it to see, but that's what the that's what it said on the the wiki page. Um, the cleaner is Jerry from Jerry's Game, Pixar short with the oh, chess yeah. playing guy. Uh, one of my favorite shorts. <laughs> Such a classic. Uh, the ball from Luxo Jr. is in the Al's Toy Barn commercial and also in the Toy Store. And it's just like a Pixar classic image. <laughs> uh, toys from Bugs Life are in the Toy Store as toys. <laughs> uh, Tuck and Roll and Dot are on Al's painting. Oh. Andy's room has a calendar with a picture from a Bugs Life. See, there's like all these callbacks, but this is only the third Pixar movie, so they don't have a lot to work with. <laughs> yeah, it's just all how to be Bugs Life. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the boxes that Al uses to pack up for his trip to Japan are the same as the boxes in Bug City. Mm. Oh, there you go. January 12th, 1957 is the Woody's Roundup cancellation date, and that's John Lasseter's birth date. Mm. So that's where that date came from. There is a dog collar on the table at the yard sale, and it is the same one that is the center ring at P.T. Flea's Circus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse was originally going to be a desert plant named Senorita Cactus. Oh, that's lame. Yeah, Jesse's way better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Andy's shirt for cowboy camp is from the Triple R Ranch, and that's the ranch in Spin and Marty from the Mickey Mouse Club. Hmm. So, calling it way back there. Um, this is very, like, incredible. Wheezy coughs up more than 100,000 individual dust particles throughout the film. Oof. Yeah, these animators are intense. Just amazing. Yeah, it's like how plus, they hand painted every bubble in Pinocchio. Yeah. And uh and a little mermaid. Uh yeah. I'm also thinking about like the amount of like the dust animation on Wheezy himself when he was up there yeah. too. That was really cool too. It's yeah. well very well done. Uh Andy's mom's car, license plate A113. Oh, that's on the mom's? Okay. Yeah very pixar thing well last time it was on the pizza planet yeah the pizza planet one said yo well, that's cooler <laughs> yeah. that sounds like something a, a obnoxious pizza man would have yep uh as we mentioned the pizza planet truck driven by the toys to the airport uh wheezy has the same feet as the aliens so reused animation there yeah cheap yeah you know they can't you know they do i mean they do it a lot yeah <laughs> why you know, Wheezy can still talk, right? Like, he yeah. can't squeak, but he can still talk. Why didn't he, like, ask for, let, for help? Let someone know he was still up there? I Guys. think maybe his voice just can't quite get loud enough. Because, like, if he tries to be loud, he co- I mean, they would hear him coughing, too, I guess. Yeah, or he could just, like, jump off of it and, like, bounce on the floor, and they'd be like, yeah. oh, wow, it's Wheezy. He must be suffering from a pretty deep depression. I guess. <laughs> There's your deep theme. Yeah. For this movie. Um, another reusing thing. The canyon from A Bug's Life is reused on Zerg's planet, and the floating rocks in the canyon were an animation error, but John Lasseter liked them, so he kept them in. Hmm. Oh, that is cool. Yeah, that, that definitely yeah. works with the sci-fi level. Yeah, nice. Level. Yeah. But yeah, that little canyon things was really cool, too. Yeah. The Buzz Lightyear video game, as we have talked about, uses Star Wars sound effects, the theme from 2001 A Space Odyssey, and Cylon scanners like in Battlestar Galactica. (laughs) So, lots of sci-fi references. Also, obviously, as we mentioned, Zerg being Buzz's father, parody of Star Wars. Yep. Uh, Rex chasing the truck, like we talked about, clear homage to Jurassic Park. Beautiful. 
Mr. Potato Hilarious. Head throw Yeah. Mr. Potato Head throwing his hat is a James Bond reference. Mm. Odd job. Mr. Potato Head question, actually, yeah. now that I think about it. In the beginning, she Mrs. Potato Head's like packing him, he's like, I got your other shoes and your angry eyes just in case. A, it's established pretty clearly that he can move his eyelids. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. why does he need to have angry eyes? Because it's funny. I guess. Yeah, I, I, when I was a kid, <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Also, yeah. there is a moment in the first one where he loses his eyes and gets blinded. But in this one, they take out one of his eyes to like look around and it still works even though it's not attached to his head oh and it gets even more at uh in the third one yep so like yeah mrs potato head leaves an eye under andy's bed and she can cover her other eye and see out of it under even though she's blocks away yeah what why why does that why does that work in this one but didn't narratively convenient yeah um this was the last toy story movie to be released on vhs we're going Sounds into right. DVD times. I sense. mean, the next movie is 11 years later, so. Yeah. Um, Jim Varney was the voice of Slinky Dog, but he died in the year 2000, so he did not play Slinky Dog after this film. Uh, um, but, but I, the person who ended up replacing him was actually uh, a really good friend of his. Yeah, Blake Clark took over. Hmm. Uh, when we see the prospector in the Barbie backpack, there is an announcer over the intercom system and they're declaring the arrival of lasset error <laughs> flight Ugh. a113 Ugh. that's funny that's a good one yeah <laughs> um it took them over a month to digitally paint al's car hmm. all the detail in it. also um one of the other easter egg things they said al's car looks a lot like sally from cars sally was it sally no. one of the cars characters it was uh. a different cars character I can't remember who it was now. Anyways, it was similar Ramon? to a car in Cars. Uh, I can't remember. It was a female car. Okay. But anyways, not important. Oh, that would be... um. Uh, the, yeah, maybe Sal. It's not important. Yeah. Um, the most animation produced in one week for this movie was 5 minutes and 42 seconds. So it took them a week to get 5 minutes of footage. Holy. And that's yeah, quick footage. It takes, it takes a long time. All right, now getting into cast. I'm not going to go over any of the cast that we talked about from Toy Story 1 again. Sounds good. Since we already talked about them. Um, So most of these we already discussed anyways. Uh, Jessie, Joan Cusack. She was also in an episode of Phineas and Ferb. Mm. Uh, She's in the movie Chicken Little. Mm -hmm. And she's in the movie Ice Princess, Disney Channel original starring Michelle Trachenberg. (laughs) I love that movie. Stere- stereotypical mom that that's, might not be so supportive. I th- probably that's who she is. I can't remember. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. I, I have. I've never seen it, and that's just where I'm guessing her role mm. is based off of her her being good typecast. chance. Yeah, I don't remember now, but and then she voices Jesse anytime Jesse's in anything. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesse's yodeling was Mary Kate Bergman, who we talked about during Beauty and the Beast. She was the voice of the Bimbets, the one that had a very tragic. Right. Story. Right. Yeah. Um, prospector Kelsey Grammer. Uh, this isn't Disney, but obviously we talked about it already. He's in The Simpsons. Um, he's in Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, well, not as the prospector. Is Disney now. Yeah, it's that's why I put it in because it's Fox and yeah. Fox is Disney. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And if, you're right. It's definitely the character that most laymen would probably pick, point out for 
Kelsey Grammer other than Frasier. Other than Frasier. I think Frasier is the one everyone would go to. Yeah. I was not allowed to watch The Simpsons and so have never watched it. So I didn't know he was Sideshow Bob until I did this. Oh. So I found out this week. Though. I wasn't allowed to either, but I still I still did. <laughs> you rebel. I mean, I could now. I just don't <laughs> care. I've seen an episode in Christianity and Culture. Oh, yeah. We watched an episode. We watched the episode where Lisa goes to church. Oh, Isn't yeah. that where she becomes a Buddhist? Maybe. I don't remember. That yeah. was many years ago. I think that was in my second year of university, which is like 2012. So, um, Kelsey Grammer is also in Anastasia, which is also... He sings Fox, in that I one, think. too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's so... I love that movie so much. It was one of my all-time favorite movies, and he's a great character. Honestly, I love but Kelsey I'm pretty Grammer. sure... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's on Disney+. Plus. I think it might be Fox. It is. It, it was yeah. Fox. It was... Uh, Disney didn't want Anastasia to succeed, so they re-released Lion King at the same point. Mm. Well, Anastasia is one of the best movies ever, so... I, and I then, had to leave the theater because I was so scared of it. I made Dad leave the theater. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, and then Mickey's 60th birthday, Kelsey Grammer is also in that. I think maybe as himself, but I can't remember now. I didn't write it down. Um, but yeah, so he's been in a few, a couple other Disney things, but not as the prospector, as other things. Um, Al, Wayne Knight, he has a decent list of things he's been in, actually. Doc McStuffins, Brandy and Mr. Whiskers. My brother and I used to watch that show. It's pretty funny. Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, as we already discussed. He was Zerg. Mm-hmm. Hercules Zero to Hero and Hercules the movie also. These are kind of in reverse chronological order right now because I was scrolling down IMDb from top to bottom. Okay. Eventually, I yeah. went the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in Tarzan. Mm-hmm. He's the elephant. He's perfect in Tarzan. Yeah. Wow. Why can't I remember his name right now? What's the elephant's name? Tantor. Thank you. Tantor. <laughs> uh, he's in My Favorite Martian. He's in another Hercules TV series, and he's in The Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars. I love The Brave Little Toaster, but I didn't know they went to Mars, and that just seems weird to me. That's the sequel, and yes, it is incredibly weird. Mm. But uh, also, (laughs) uh, random random point, since Little Brave Little Toaster came out, my daughter had a a moment this past week that reminds me of The Brave Little Toaster, where I got a new vacuum cleaner, and we had, and was throwing, throwing out the old one. And she hugged the old one to say goodbye. And then she also <laughs> kind of cried a, a little bit. Oh, that's really cute. Yeah, I've, Kids I've, are so funny. Yeah, I've, I've had that, that thing for like four years or something like that. And that's it's funny. Yeah, it was held together a bunch of duct tape. So, yeah. So, yeah, it was it was ridiculously adorable moment. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, we already mentioned Mrs. Potato Head, voiced by Estelle Harris. She also has a long list. She was in a Timon and Pumbaa short. Mm. She was in the Hercules TV series. She was in Mickey Mouse Works, House of Mouse, Brother Bear, Home on the Range, <laughs> Kim Possible, Dave the Barbarian, which, by the way, needs to get put on Disney+. Plus. I, I love agree. Dave the Barbarian. It's not on Disney oh. Plus. No, it's no. not. Why? It's no Because they are idiots. <laughs> I want it so bad. Um, she's in Tarzan 2. Uh, Phil of the Future. The Emperor's New School. The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Sunny with a Chance. Captain Jake and the Neverland Pirates. And that's it. And then she actually passed away April 2nd of this year at the age of 93 yeah. of natural causes. I think I missed that. Maybe because she was 
like fairly old and died naturally mm-hmm. it wasn't as big of a story perhaps maybe she yeah. wasn't betty white yeah that's true yeah. um and then barbie obviously voiced by jody benson jody benson as we mentioned i'm not going to go through all of her roles we all know who she is she's a little mermaid yep and we've talked about all of her other roles before uh the cleaner is voiced by jonathan harris he is also in darkwing duck the aladdin tv series mighty ducks the animated series a bug's life and buzz lightyear of star command and then finally wheezy as we mentioned is voiced by joe ramft tons of pixar things and we covered him during a pug's life so we don't have to cover him again but yeah yeah, that's it well we we forgot we forgot robert goulet (laughs) what else (laughs) i did what else has robert goulet done i didn't have him because i totally didn't think to look up his singing voice until you brought it up tonight so i quickly googled it that's fair i didn't look at what else he's doing (laughs) probably nothing disney wise okay (laughs) Um, sorry, really quickly, Robert Goulet is in another Disney thing. He's in Recess. What? He's Mikey Bloom- Bloomberg, his singing voice. Oh, oh Mikey's oh. singing voice. <laughs> All right, so that was fun facts. Um, I only have one other thing that was added to say for a fun fact, and that's with the bloopers. Mm-hmm. There was one that was removed oh. in the last little bit. And Interesting. It's one where the prospector is sitting. Down. Oh, I do know this blooper. Yeah, the the. He says I can get you a part in Toy Story three. Yeah. So yeah, the blooper is what is referred to as, now as a Weinstein approach. Yeah. Yeah. And considering <laughs> the also later things that happened with Lassiter. Yep. Not good. Yeah. Hmm, yeah. There's a reason why it's removed. Yeah. And it should be not made fun of. When did they remove it? Not long ago. Not long ago? Oof. I I don't know. Maybe maybe while it was on Disney Plus or before it hit Disney Plus? I am not aware. Hmm. Because Disney Plus has been, like, around for a good few years now. And, Mm -hmm. like... It's had, like, three or four years now. Yeah. And we've been, like, cracking down on things a lot more recently. So, like... Did it get changed while it was on Disney Plus, you think? It's quite possible. Oof. Don't know. I don't know. The Me, Me Too is around the same point. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Toy Story 2 got Me Too'd. <laughs> that is true. I mean, if you need to be, you need to be, I guess. Yes. There, there are things that, like that are okay to keep in to certain points. Like we discussed this in the Fantasia episode Mm. where some things need to be removed. Yeah. There is no, there's no defending it. Yeah. in in certain points. Yeah. Yeah. Can you also just imagine though, the balls on the guy at Disney who pitched that blooper? Like, Hey guys, we're looking for like blooper ideas. And he's like, you know what? I got one for you. (laughs) We're going to, yeah. How, you know what that, that wine. Like? You know that Weinstein guy. Yeah. <sighs> yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes. All right. So on that that lovely note, <laughs> uh, we're gonna move on to our conclusions and and favorite stuff on this movie. So our first thing is favorite uh, musical moment. Uh, so I'll start with that one. I think I really like the the theme song for the show, uh, Woody's Roundup. 
Good song. It's, it's good. It's very yeah. catchy, and it just feels like something that would be on a TV show from, like, the 50s or something like that. Yeah. It's just, like, the jingle nature of it. Yeah. So, I think that one worked for me. Um, Sarah, what do you think? Anything musically? Um, I actually love the Sarah McLaughlin song for Jesse's part. Mm. I think it's really, really nice. And also, I have fond memories of it, because when we were at Booth, our good buddy Ben uh, really wa- wanted me to learn it, and we used to practice it together when we would do music together, and I really liked doing music with him. So, mm. it's a good song. It's mm. sad, but it's very nice. Mm. Um, I think the Sarah McLaughlin song is a very good song, mm-hmm. but... I think, like, the whole scene comes off a little too heavy-handed for me. So, my favorite musical moment is going to be You Got a Friend in Me. Mm-hmm. Second time in a row. But yeah. this time, it's different. Woody sings it this time. And it's like... Oh, yeah. And he's, and he's on, like, they show it on the TV. He's, like, <laughs> black and white. And he's his puppet. The marionette. And, yeah, the marionette singing. I, I just think it's a great callback. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. And it's the moment that makes them all like, oh, we have to stay together. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, The only other song, like, was the Wheezy one at the end. (laughs) Robert Goulet. Yeah. It was great. How many times can we say Robert Goulet through this podcast? I I think if we say Robert Goulet a few more times, Robert Goulet might think we've said Robert Goulet too much. Robert Goulet. (laughs) Or maybe it's like a Beetlejuice thing and he'll just show up. But. Just pops up behind us. Terrified. We the worst. All right. So uh, on to least favorite moment in for this movie. Um, I'll start again for that and say that I didn't care too much for the nightmare. That oh Woody yeah, had. it was Bye, just Woody. Like typical. Just, yeah, it was very lame. Yeah, I feel that. Like, and then, like, falling through all these Ace of Spades, and just like, what's the significance of the Ace of Spades? Uh, yeah, I think it was just meant to, like, look weird. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It was just, but then all the cards of the Ace of Spades, and just like, why? Yeah. That's, yeah. That, that's not how a deck of cards works. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. So, yeah, that's my least favorite moment. Uh, Brandon? My least favorite moment would be, um,. I want to say the Star Wars moment, but I think it ties into the whole, uh, like, the Buzz Lightyear narrative. Mm. I really didn't enjoy having to retread that entire story again. Mm -hmm. Like, we had, like, you're a toy, and I'm not a toy, Star Command, and Laser, and Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, he clicks his helmet, and he's like, oh, God, I can't breathe, whatever, but it's, it's... It felt it's, like cheap writing to Yeah, you. it's funny. It's just like I didn't like having to do it all again. Yeah. Hmm. Alright, that's a yeah, that's a fair gripe. Yeah. Sarah? Uh, same as my favorite. It's the dressy scene. Because <laughs> it's really sad. You know. Oh, okay. sad. So your uh least favorite moment is also your favorite song. Yeah. <laughs> just because it's so depressing. Pretty much, yep. All right. Uh, So then our favorite moments. Um, Sarah, how about you say your favorite moment? My favorite moment... I think probably, like, Woody Discovery and all of the stuff. It's 
it's just really nice it's really exciting for him and the fact that it is tom hanks's real reaction i think makes it even mm. cooler mm-hmm. yeah that's a pretty cool cool moment yeah. so my favorite moment is actually i really like the opening oh yeah it. i love the the buzz Lightyear just going through the adventure there and then like trying to face off against zerg and then just like the interesting change up where it's just like oh yeah and then zerg blew buzz to kingdom come and so that's just the amazing transition from fantasy to reality which just really worked for me i just yeah i really enjoyed the opening for with the buzz lightyear video game sequence it was just right. such a awesome sci-fi moment brandon um i was gonna say the same thing e- even though it makes no sense that he would leave such expensive old like time magazines and stuff all over the ground of his apartment ready to look at but I do agree. Beautiful, beautiful moment. Um, what I'm going to choose, though, it is the cleaning scene. Ah, yes. Yeah. Mm. Uh, for, I think, uh, I think obvious reasons, but it is just like, there's like beauty in the amount of attention to detail it takes to make. Even though, to me, he ruined the Woody doll by repainting, restitching whatever but as as a scene from like a collector who loves old toys beautiful yeah okay so on that note let's move on to uh final thoughts in a letter grade uh sarah i just love all the toy story movies and i feel like i thought for a long time that toy story 2 just wasn't as good but now that i've been re-watching them so much i don't think that anymore i just really like it um <laughs> It's just a fun movie. Uh, so I'd give it an A. I just enjoy it. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's entertaining. It's got a, it's got all the elements I'm looking for. Yeah. Okay, so an A for Sarah. Now, myself, I'm going to be a bit critical on this one, especially after a number of Brandon's mm-hmm. uh, points. That really is just plot of convenience is definitely coming up a lot. And that definitely hits me a little harder now. And I'm also looking at it like, is this one uh, of the Toy Stories? Is this one that I put on? And in my opinion, not really, not not nearly as much as as the others. Like especially the first and third one. And my kids don't put it on. Like they go straight to the fourth one because they love Forky. But <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be maybe a little harsh on this one. I'm gonna give it a C plus. Hmm. Okay. Like, it's not my favorite on on this one, so that's that's my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm just trying to be a bit more hard on these things, not just being like, oh, I'm a Disney fan, I'll just give everything A's. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, as far as a letter grade, uh, I like the Toy Story movies. Uh, I think there is an issue with just, like, plot convenience, but... As far as it being the second movie, I'm still willing to kind of forgive that for the sake of them being toys, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think the Buzz Lightyear narrative was uh, unnecessary, so it bring it would it brings it down. I think I rated Toy Story one an A, 
uh, I would put this at a B minus. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is very different that I gave something a lower score than Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. What what kind of world are we living in now? <laughs> um, okay. So, um, that has been our take on Toy Story 2. Uh, so, Sarah, where can they reach us? If you want to follow us on Instagram at makingadisneyfan.pod, uh, that would be awesome. And you can also DM us there if you'd like to. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and we'd love to hear from you. All right. What's on for next time? So this was our Pixar film, so we're now going back to Brandon's all-time favorites, which is the classic era. Yay. <laughs> we are going to see our most adorable silent critter and that is dumbo looking All forward right. to it i yeah, hear tim you... burton's a great director <laughs> actually no i i don't want to speak those words out without people knowing that's a joke i hate tim burton <laughs> oh i'm pretty sure we've talked about that before on the podcast have we talked about me hating tim burton on this podcast before i i, I think we did because i have talk to you in recent times about the fact that i disagree with you hmm that's fair i understand people disagreeing with me but it doesn't stop him from being a terrible director i just recently oh, watched you, the tim you have your opinion <laughs> there, there, there's a tim burton movie that i watched that i think you might actually enjoy i i enjoy some tim burton movies i like batman i like batman returns um sweeney todd was okay uh, a a really cute movie is uh a uh, one that's a decade old now is uh, Frankenweenie. Oh, Frankenweenie! Yeah, no, I watch Frankenweenie. It's, it's the content of Frankenweenie is like the personification, like not the personification, but like Homage. the ideal of why I don't like Tim Burton. I feel oh. like he can't work outside of his aesthetic, mm. and he's got films like Big Eyes that kind of like fight against that. Like he's not entirely in his mm -hmm. aesthetic in Big Eyes, but I just, I just find like. He's loved for being so creative, but it's only creative because of how different it is from normal life mm -hmm. compared to his own mm -hmm. work. He hasn't done anything creative in like 20 years. Yeah. But right. Mars Attacks is still incredible. I, I like the Frankenweenie because it was a, a brilliant homage to like Universal monster films. Oh, hand, oh yeah, hands down. Mm -hmm. Hands down. Like he's got, he's got good films, but yeah, I, I personally, I've never mm -hmm. liked Tim Burton. I do... I do want to watch Wednesday though. I I love the Adams mm, family. Too. I have a oh. soul, like a soft spot for the Adams family. I watched both movies recently. <laughs> um, I'm really looking forward to Wednesday, and that's that's something I'll give Tim Burton like a pass on. Like I'll I'll watch it. And just when you yeah. thought that we were gonna wrap it up, we'd go on a tangent on Tim Burton. <laughs> True. <laughs> All right. So yeah, next time we are doing Dumbo. Stay tuned. I have been Zach, TTFN, Tata for now. I'm Brandon, to help control the pet population, have your pets spayed or neutered. Good night, everybody. And I'm Sarah, just keep swimming.
All of our artwork is created by Becca Riley. You can go find her on Instagram at Becca Riley Art, spelled B-E-C-C-A-R-E-I-L-L-Y Art. Our theme song was written and performed by Marcus Beveridge. You can listen to more of his music on Instagram at Marcus.and.Sarah.Music, performing alongside me, your favorite Making a Disney fan lady. We hope you'll come back for our next episode soon. Just get a Woody. Yeah. Um, but don't say that. <laughs> I'm so happy you at least caught that. I definitely did not. <laughs> I was plainly obtuse to that. Uh, yeah, let's not make a movie yeah. called Woody. Thank you for listening to Making a Disney Fan. We hope to see you next time. Good night and have a pleasant tomorrow.